Hello, and welcome to The Purpose. I'm Bill Brunson. And I'm Kip McClure. And today we'll be talking about the passage that comes from 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. Uh, before we do that, though, just maybe you want to know who Timothy was. Uh, Timothy is a young man who, well, he plays a pretty significant role in the New Testament, was not a disciple. For those of you that are sitting there going, I don't remember Timothy. Wasn't it Thomas? Yes, it was Thomas, not Timothy. He wasn't a disciple, but he was a uh, convert to the, to the uh, Christian faith, led to Christ by the Apostle Paul uh, in the area of Derby and Lystra during Paul's first missionary journey. He encounters Timothy. Now, Timothy's very young, but Timothy has already he's already had the uh, he's already had the introduction to faith though by his mother and his grandmother, and so Paul just really brings this home for him, and he really answers the call to serve. And Timothy is the recipient of two of the letters that Paul writes in the New Testament. Timothy is with Paul when he writes letters to at least four churches. And Timothy ends up being the pastor at one point in the city of, of Ephesus, uh, where Paul had a tremendous ministry. And Paul refers to Timothy as his son in faith. And so Timothy is a significant character in the New Testament, though not one of the original disciples. He definitely is one of the people who helps take the faith and continues it on to the next generation. And so when Paul is writing to Timothy in, in 2 Timothy, his second letter to Timothy, chapter 4, he starts to give Timothy some instructions. He says, I'm giving you this commission in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is coming to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearance and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready to do it whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Correct. Confront and encourage with patience and instruction. There will come a time when people will tolerate, will, will, will not tolerate sound teaching. They will collect teachers who say what they want to hear because they're self-centered. They will turn their back on the truth and they will turn to myths. But you must keep control of yourself in all circumstances. Endure suffering. Do the work of the preacher uh, uh, do the work of a preacher of the good news and carry out your service fully. I'm already being poured out like a sacrifice to God, and the time of my death is near. I fought the good fight, finished the race, and kept the faith. At last, the champion's wreath that is awarded for righteousness is waiting for me. The Lord, who is the righteous judge, is going to give it to me on that day. He's giving it not only to me, but also to all who have set their heart on waiting for his appearance. And so he's giving Timothy these instructions at the end of his at the end of Paul's life because he knows that Timothy needs to take the message of Jesus and carry it forward. Yeah, I love to read uh, the the books that uh, that Paul wrote to Timothy because unlike a lot of the other pastoral epistles where he's having to write to a church and sort of confront issues that are going on uh, and to, to deal with a group of people who are misbehaving, these are almost – they're almost more like personal letters of, 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 
of a great mentor talking to the one who's being mentored and and giving just the most sound and solid advice as a spiritual father would give to a spiritual son or spiritual mother to a spiritual daughter of of how to how to be a pastor how to be an evangelist and and it's very helpful useful and and uh, practical advice that really is found in most of the right uh, the writings to Timothy right and and he is he's trying to get Timothy to understand that well things are things are going to be hard within the church and outside the church and Timothy the the goal that Timothy should have is to say true to the gospel to say true to what scripture says because a lot of people a lot of time they want to they want to embrace whatever is new and trendy and they want to well they want to morph the message of the scripture to be more appealing to the current time whether that's the time of Timothy or the current time even today uh, to maybe omit certain passages or adapt certain ideas so that they well maybe they're not as offensive or they're not as hard to you don't have to wrestle with them if you take them out you don't have to wrestle with them at all and paul's saying to timothy people are going to be like that people are going to want that kind of message and they're going to gather around teachers who will do that for them because they like the ease of it but that's not who timothy is called to be and ultimately that's not who we are called to be as as christians either we're not supposed to take the easy road we are supposed to take the narrow road yeah and really paul was very much prophetic because the history of the church has been filled with numerous people who took the gospel and morphed it just slightly for their culture or their time, or they added something to it, or they subtracted things from it. And for 20 centuries, that's been happening. And and then every now and then someone comes along and says, wait, wait just a minute. Uh, let's get back to, to basics. And you look back in history at, at Martin Luther, who looked at, at what was happening in the Roman Catholic Church and said, you know, this really has nothing to do with this with what Paul was talking about about being saved by faith when by by grace alone when you emphasize works all the time often to make to raise the offering amount uh, and 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 you holding so much power over who gets to uh, to be forgiven for sins when really that forgiveness only comes from Christ and so Luther becomes this person who raises sort of the red flag, and the Reformation happens. Uh, but there have been others as well. And even you look back at John Wesley, who looked at the Church of England and said, you know, I love this place, but we've kind of lost the main thing, which is to know Jesus and have this relationship with Jesus and um, to, uh, to, to embrace fully uh, a life where you're walking with Christ and we're being holy isn't something that you do in a monastery, but it's something that you do every day as you walk your life, and you've got to figure out how to do that. So the church has long had a history of sort of drifting, and Paul was warning Timothy of things to come. 
Right, and and when we say that the church has had a history of drifting, not it doesn't start with the institution making a decision. Behold, we shall now drift. <laughs> Where it comes is the individual members that make up the church deciding it's it's easier if we if we don't talk about that part of scripture or it's easier if we forget that jesus said that and we start moving into other areas and suddenly the whole church is going in in directions that that we're not supposed to go and so i think that i think even now all of us have to I guess occasionally we have to sit back and ask ourselves am I am I is my Christianity my relationship with God the way I'm living out my faith is it trying to take in all of what scripture says do I wrestle with the parts of scripture that I don't fully understand so that I might can grow and learn uh, do I do I accept the challenges that Scripture gives us, or do I say, well, that's not really relevant today, or or that's not applicable? Um, do I pick and choose what is and is not part of my faith life? Or am I like Paul's telling Timothy, do I stay true to the gospel? I mean, if you want to, I mean, if I, if I were going to pick, then I would do certain things like when you list seven deadly sins, I'd definitely drop gluttony off of that. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I love I, I love dessert, and uh, so gluttony's got to go. Um, and this whole thing about forgiving somebody 70 times seven, I mean, 490 times worth of forgiveness, come on, man. I mean, why would we ever want to do that? I think, you know, what, what is it? What What is the true saying that we should build our faith on fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me i mean two times that's the most but actually maybe just one time because second time shame on me um yeah it's easy to start doing that going well 70 times seven he didn't really mean that he was a, but i don't know i think in my life i i think jesus probably has forgiven me 70 times seven just today <laughs> um and i'm gonna need more because the day's not over yet um so i think what he's saying is he wants us to model in our lives what he has shown us and in, in his life and his relationship with us and paul's trying to tell timothy you've got to keep that going other people are going to water it down other people are going to change it other people are going to cut things out and 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 I love that phrase. They're going to say what the itching ears want to hear, and you, Timothy, can't can't do that. You've got to stay true. Um, historians for years have talked about the fact that Thomas Jefferson took the New Testament, the gospel writings in the New Testament, and he adapted them, and he removed the portions of Scripture that he didn't particularly like. And so you end up with a, uh, a, a gospel, the Jeffersonian Bible, that is just pieces of Scripture that Thomas Jefferson didn't find offensive. And we all know that's wrong. But Paul's saying it was happening in the time of Timothy. They just didn't know to call it a Jeffersonian Bible back then. <laughs> and it's happening now. Probably every one of us, if we're not careful, 
are adapting a Brunsonian Bible and a McClurgian Bible where we just, oh, these passages we like and these passages we don't. And so, well, you just can't do that because the totality of Scripture has the power to change us, to transform us to give us new life in Christ. And when we water it down and when we omit, we lose things that maybe we don't know they're important today and maybe they're not critical to our faith life today, but tomorrow that's the piece we need. But we threw it out. And I, I love the way he talks in in verse 2. He says, be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Uh, and convince, rebuke, and encourage, and then he says, with utmost patience and teaching. And I think uh, someone uh, once once said that there is a difference between kind of your theological position and your posture toward that position, so that it, we're called upon to live out the gospel and, and what the principles are there, and we, and we really don't need to compromise those. But we can do that with grace, or we can do that with a lot of judgment. And and I love the wording here, be patient with people. Uh, not everybody's going to get it. Not everybody's going to agree with this. But it doesn't mean that you quit believing it or that you quit preaching it. You just have to do it with patience, believing that in the long term and prayerfully that God and the Holy Spirit will work in people's lives to change their minds as, as they need to be changed. Right, and you can live around them the the gospel in its fullness in as full as you can live it so they see something in you that might make them want to change or might open their minds to something different or something deeper uh, yeah what you're saying i i think always think about that um the the warning that you get that when someone needs to calm down the worst way that you can help them is to look at them and go hey calm down <laughs> or when somebody is worrying you look at them and go hey stop worrying about that wow that's some profound advice you know as, and, as one of my professors says your grasp of, of the obvious is amazing yes <laughs> and so if you I mean they're they're not going to do it just because you confront them with it and go you need to calm down that's not going to work and it's probably not going to work either to go go up to someone and say, hey, you need to change the way you believe about this right this minute. <laughs> but you can, lay the, you can plant the seed for that. And the way you live your life can show them, oh, this is how that bears fruit. And then they, they, they will allow that seed to grow in them if they see that, oh, I see in him a benefit uh, of, of actually – listening to that scripture and listening to those, that passage. And Paul, Paul's writing this to Timothy because Paul needs the next generation to carry this baton and keep running this race because he's saying that his race is almost done and he's about to finish the race and, and, and will rest from his labors. Um, and he needs Timothy to take up the baton and keep running. And I, I think that for each of us, we have to – we have to ask ourselves occasionally, is your faith that important to you that you've taken up the baton of faith and are running that race today? 
Um, or are you still just on the sidelines hoping that other people are going to run it for you? You know, we we see that all the time in, in churches. It's those, you know, the people sitting on the sideline going, well, one day I'll get more involved. One day I'll, uh, you know, I, I do, uh, one day I could probably teach a Sunday school class or, or teach a small group or be involved in a small group or, or volunteer in a mission project or go on a mission trip or, or one day I could sing in the choir or I could play in the praise band or one day I could. And, and y'all are doing a great job at it. Oh, go, oh, go, yeah. go, y'all keep going. Y'all just keep going. I'm going to sit over here on the sidelines and I'm going to keep watching as y'all do all this. I'll maybe I'll cheer for you a little bit as y'all keep running and are wearing out. Um, but you know, one day, one day I'm going to. One day I'm going to. And Paul tells Timothy, in the, "There's no one day. It's today." So maybe ask yourself are you still one daying it one day i will one day i might one day i could or do you realize that you know if you are able if you're if you're able to hear this podcast <laughs> it's it's that day we're all supposed to be fully engaged in our faith and not delaying our faith and delaying serving and giving and working and sharing the kingdom, I mean, that's that's what we're all supposed to be doing every day. And then there's a step beyond that. You have to take up the baton and run, but you also have to look at who you need to be training so that you can hand that baton off. Because one day, all of us are going to face that moment where, you know, our time's up. Uh, we all have an expiration date. We don't know what it is, and hopefully it's a long time from now. But who is it that we're training to hand the baton to so that they can run the race with excellence? And Paul looked at people like Timothy, and of course there are are plenty of others that that he mentored in the faith, but he looked at people like Timothy and said, here's somebody who I think can run the distance. And this letter was an encouragement to him to take the baton and to run as hard as he could. So maybe as you... Spend a little time reading through 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8. Start asking yourself those questions of, am I watering down the message that that has been passed on to me? Do I pick and choose which scriptures I try to apply to my life um, so that I make Christianity easier for me? Or do I wrestle with scripture and do I wrestle with its application in my life? Do I... I listen to what Jesus is telling me to do and how he's telling me to live and 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 take that challenge and try to step up to be the Christian that that I know that God has called me to be. You know, are you are you doing that? Are you are you creating your own version of the Bible with with cutting out things that you don't want in there and then adding in other uh, other things that um, maybe make it all easier? Are you are you still standing on the sidelines? Uh, waiting until some point in the future when you will actually put your faith to work um, or is now that day for you? And are you looking around and, and seeing, how am I passing this faith on to somebody else? If, it, if you have children or have children in your life, how are you passing on the faith to them? What does that faith look like? Because let me say, if, if you're being Jeffersonian and and altering you know altering the bible in your life 
that's the scripture and the gospel you're passing on to your kids. So you may that that gives us that challenge to look at it. And are you are you passing are you passing on the faith to the the people in your life, to your children, to to friends, to others, so that they can help carry that baton and keep the ball, you know, keep the keep the race running. So I hope that you'll think about these things, ponder them, pray about them, and come back and join us next week on our next installment of The Purpose.